0: Hi, I'm Haley. And I'm probably Becky. And I think this is How to Not Get Killed. It could be.
1: (laughs) Hi. 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 This one's interesting because we just finished discussing this, but we have no idea when this one's coming out. (laughs) Yeah, so so. I don't know what to reference somewhere. So this is either coming out over the Christmas holidays. This is either coming out around New Year's. We don't know. Or it's coming out mid-January.
0: Could even be February. Who knows? If we get crazy, we might get crazy. We go like super off the off the rails. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Either so, way, yeah, either way. Here's yeah. your episode. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Happy New yeah. Year, Happy, happy Valentine's Day. Day, Happy St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um. Yeah. Hope yeah. everything's good with you. Yeah. Yeah. Let's like not even. We're not even going to orient ourselves in, in space and time. In time for this one. No. 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 <laughs> no, no. We're just going to go for it. Yeah. Yeah. We're just going to go for it. We're going for it. So.
0: It feels weird because we just we just recorded an episode that was like not true crime related at all and now
1: I'm like getting back into like a crime sort of like a yeah. mindset.
0: You know what I mean? It's, it's
1: interesting because like our last several recordings haven't been. No, crime it's been related. Yeah,
0: you're right, you're right. It's yeah. been like reviews or discussions Yeah. And, like Yeah.
1: Yeah. So my last crime related one was Gypsy Rose. Yeah. And that feels like 1800 years ago. I know. And as we're recording this, it still hasn't even come out yet. I know. How weird is that? I know. It's weird. Cause like, I've already made my peace mentally. <laughs> so like. <laughs> <laughs> I've made my peace with it. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: yeah. So this is, so I saw this on um, an episode of Discovery's Still a Mystery. Okay. So if any of you have like Discovery Plus, um, Still a Mystery is is a show that will have like there's like two cases in one episode so they'll start with one and then they'll cut to another one they don't go back and forth like they just do a full one and then they like um so they're kind of like short snippets but like i feel like very full of like details Mm -hmm. Um, that's why I like to watch them. I feel like there isn't a ton missing when I go and search after and research to find like any updates or any additional information. I find they've included most of it, to be honest. It's where I found the, um, Abby and Libby, like not found it. I had heard of that case, but that's where I got some of my information for that case too. So, um, yeah. So if that interests you also, I like the show because it's still a mystery is obviously a show about Crime, like yeah. cases that are still unsolved
1: or which are very interesting because then they also need a lot of highlight and they like,
0: need that's the thing. I like them because they're they're just providing awareness to a lot of these cases that are that have gone cold some of them or they just need more exposure and it's still like yeah we're still looking for information on these cases and on these people. So no, I'd highly recommend it. Um, so yeah, I got most of my information from there as well as the podcast the vanished. And then there was another website that I'll link in here, Uncovered.com. Also had a timeline and some information on it. Okay. So, this is the case about Brooklyn farthing. So, it occurred in 2013. So, in 2013, Brooklyn was 18 years old. Okay. She lived in the small town of Berea, Kentucky. So I Googled the population. So in 2013, it was like just over 14,000 people. So like small town.
1: Very small town. They yeah. described
0: it as like, you pretty much know everybody. Like there aren't really a lot of strangers. Like you kind of, you, it's a small, yeah. sort of smaller, like tight knit yeah. community. Um, so I will just, there was a quote that I found on a website of like Brooklyn's sister, talking about her. So I'm just going to quote her to describe like what Brooklyn was like as a person because it's from her sister's perspective. So she knows her best. So she says, my sister Brooke was a spunky, tell you how it is, lovable person. She loved animals and the outdoors, but she was a true girly girl who loved pink and camouflage. She would do anything to help anyone. She had the sweetest deep Long, country-sounding voice you can only
1: find in Kentucky. Oh, Yeah. She sounds lovely. Yeah. A sweetheart. I don't know. I just pictured her wearing, like, pink camouflage pants and just, like, rocking that look, you know? Yeah. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Like, there's pictures of her in pink, but then, like, also with, like, trucker hats and, like, that kind yeah. of, like, Cute. vibe, right? Cute. So, her mom in the show described her in a similar way. She said she loved, like, nature, animals, the outdoors. She loved going out, like, fishing and four-wheeling and, like, doing all these, like, outdoorsy things. But yeah. she also said she was also, like very much a girly girl. She loved okay. pink. She loved to like have her hair and makeup done. Um, nice. She dreamed of becoming a cosmetologist. So oh, she cool. wanted to do hair and makeup and nails okay. and all of that. Um, so it sounds like she was like, her mom kind of said she was like the best of both worlds. Like, yeah. She loved to like get her hands and dirty and go out in the mud, or yeah. go fishing, but also like, she loved to be a girly girl She cleaned and, like look nice. pretty. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Um, and she was outgoing and laid back and had like a large group of friends. It sounds like she was very... Well, well liked. Yeah. She sounds lovely. Yeah. She sounds like a really sweet girl. So she was the middle sister in a family of all girls. So she had a younger sister, Paige, and an older sister, Tasha, who were both in the, in the episode that I watched. Okay. So in 2013, like I said, she was 18 years old. So she had just graduated high school. She hadn't really made up her mind yet about, you know, if she wanted to go to college or if she just wanted to get a job and work for a while. But it sounds like she was just sort of like, I'm going to take the summer and like have fun and like hang out with my friends and family. And like, I'm in no rush. I'm 18. I'll figure it out kind of thing. Like I'll just, if anything, I'll just get a job and work for a while, but maybe I'll go to college. She just hadn't really decided yet, which, you know, you're 18. So like, you don't have to like, you have a whole life, you know, like it's, it's. It's fine. There, there shouldn't be any pressure on kids no. to like figure it out at no, that age. Never. It's so.
1: But that so is when young. all the pressure happens. Like, unfortunately, I always
0: <laughs> find that's the maturity of some kids where they're like, I don't need to figure it out right now. I yeah. just want to like I enjoy think that's my like life. The most
1: mature choice. Yeah. yeah,
0: and that's what it sounded like to me. So she, it sounded like she was just yeah looking forward to having a good summer. Um, she didn't want to jump into anything too fast after graduation, and and she was going to kind of like take everything in stride. So on June twenty first, twenty thirteen. Okay. um Brooke and her younger sister Paige both went for their driver's test um Brooke passed but her younger sister didn't um so they later that day they, apparently Brooke was like super excited she passed her driver's test everyone knows that feeling of yeah. like elation where you're like now I'm like, like freedom yeah I get to like drive anywhere I want and yeah. like I don't need a parent in the car and all of that right so yeah. um her family reflected on that. So later that day, they planned to attend their grandfather's 70th birthday party. And then Brooklyn and... Or I'm going to call her Brooke. Most people called her Brooke. Brooke and Paige were going to go out for the night after that. So they had plans to go to an outdoor party. It sounds like it was kind of like tailgating, like bonfire, yeah. kind of like in like Farmfield Woods kind of area, you know, because it's like right. just a small town, Kentucky. So like... I mean, even, like, here in the summertime, there's, like, people have, like, bush bashes and something like yeah. that, or, like, parties yeah. in, a, like, farm field or something, right? We, we even here we hear about that I mean, stuff, we too. I we went to bush bashes. Uh, yeah, we, yeah. Yeah, or my, has my mom called them bush parties. Bush parties. That
1: sounds worse. I know. So bad. But you know what they're both bad. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah, so it sounds, and I think, so it was apparently a, someone else's birthday party that this, like, outdoor party was happening around. The show also mentioned that, it was, like, right after graduation, so it, it was, like, something that, like, the kids celebrated graduation and, like, there was always a party around this time, so I'm not sure, but a lot of people said it was a birthday party as well. It's not super important, but just could have been multiple reasons why right. this party was happening, but so they went to this party, it, uh, it was on Red Lick Road. With, oh, that's a weird sounding, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. There's a. It's okay. We're gonna get into it. There's a blue lick as well. Oh no. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> um, and together so, doesn't make purple lick? <laughs> <laughs> he would think. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Brooke went with. Her younger sister Paige and her cousin Heather, and I guess Paige and Heather were mostly just like dropping her off. So, but like they st- they hung around for a little bit, but then they left pretty early. I guess around like eight o'clock. Okay. Um, Brooke was planning on sleeping over at a friend's house afterwards, so she brought an overnight bag with her. Okay. Um. So yeah, so Brooke and, uh, Brooke's sister and her cousin left between seven and eight, and later on, Brooke's friend who she was supposed to be spending the night with. They ended up getting into, like, a bit of an argument. I heard in some cases that it was because her friend wanted to, like, either go home with a guy or, like, bring the guy she was interested over. And Brooke, like, wasn't comfortable with that. And they got into some sort of argument about it. Because Brooke's like, I'm supposed to stay at your house. And, like, now you're ditching me for a guy. Yeah. Which, like, we've all kind we've of been. We've all been there. Like, we've all been there. I don't blame this girl. They're fucking 18. She's yeah. into a boy or whatever. Like, but yeah. Still, it It sucks. Yeah. It sucks, of course. Because you're... <laughs> Hindsight's twenty twenty, of course. Yeah, but it's not like anything unusual. No, um, this happens all the time, right? So yeah. apparently they got into a little bit of a fight or whatever, and her friend left with this guy. Okay. So Brooke was she left Brooke there alone? But I also do want to point out that again, this is a small town. She probably knew like everybody there. Yeah. So still like a bit of a shitty thing to do, but it's not like she left her with a bunch of strangers no. or anything
1: like I that. Mean, I've had <laughs> countless friends just be like, "I am leaving. There yeah. is a guy, of course. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going. Home.
0: Yeah." <laughs> So, yeah. So, Brooke... But the thing is, like, she didn't have a ride
1: home. Okay. So, she's supposed okay. to go with
0: her friend. Her sister and her cousin had already left. So, uh,
1: yeah. she didn't have
0: a ride. But again, probably figuring, I know most of the people here, yeah. so I'll just get a ride with somebody. I'll find something, yeah. So, Brooke continues to hang out at the party. And um, then she gets caught up helping out a friend or, like, taking care of in some way. One of her classmates, I guess, just was just drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, So, she was... With him and helping him out and trying to find find a ride for the both of them, so she ends up talking to a guy named Josh, who she knew because Josh was friends with Brooke's ex boyfriend Jared. Okay. Um. So Brooke and Jared had dated for three years. She was even living with him for about a year and a half, apparently. Her sister said that. Okay. Um, But they just... They had just ended things around this time. But they were still, like, friends. They were still texting and, like, definitely in contact. But they just weren't dating anymore. Okay. But because she had dated Jared for three years, I guess she knew this guy, Josh. Okay. Um, There is, in the episode of Still a Mystery, they don't say his name. They just call him the man. But I listened to the podcast and I've seen online... His name, his full name is out there, and I went back and forth between saying his name, but then I found something out later, and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to say this guy's name because he's a piece of shit. Okay. Um, And you'll find out later why. Okay. I don't necessarily feel the need to protect his identity. Okay. <laughs> no, that sounds good. Anyways, I'll just say Josh. But okay. so, so she starts talking to Josh, and he's like, Josh can- is the guy that we fuck on, we're saying his name? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, we... He was like, I can give you a ride home, and your friend. So... Brooke's sisters later even said, they speculated that, like, Brooke wouldn't have gotten in the car or gotten a ride from someone she didn't know well. Yeah. Like, this guy must have... She must have known him, even though they had never heard of him. Yeah. They were like, she must have known him through Jared, like, like she said, because she wouldn't have just gotten in the car with a stranger. It doesn't
1: sound like it. No. Yeah. So, uh... And most girls in a scenario like that wouldn't. Like, most people wouldn't. They Like, it it just...
0: Yeah. Exactly. Like, again, it's a small, like, smaller... Exactly. ...community. Yeah. So she knew everyone there, including this guy. Yeah. So they leave the party apparently around 2 a.m. Okay. And they stop at a farm on Floyd Branch Road to... And I've heard a couple different versions of the story to either, like, see some horses or to another... Like, one of the podcasts said to ride some horses. It's 2 in the morning, so I don't know how like feasible that is to like get on some horses and ride around i don't know i, I, I also don't, don't live
1: like on a farm though me so, either. Like, so I
0: i've heard a version where they just stop to see some horses and i've heard another version where they stop to ride some horses either way in all versions of this story horses were there <laughs> the other guy was there her friend brooke's friend that was drunk was okay. there with them at this point okay so, in all versions of the story, it's three of them. And then after this, they drop Brooke's friend off at okay. his house. Okay. Early in the morning. Like, we don't know exactly what time, but it's sometime between, like, two and four in the morning. Okay. So, this is now the morning of June 22nd. Then Josh takes Brooke to his house on Dylan Court, which is apparently on the outskirts of town. So, Brooke's sisters were saying, like, it's a bit of a more secluded area um, it's, like, sem- semi-wooded with, like, a lake and stuff, but there is, like, nine or ten houses on a cul-de-sac. It's not, like, just one house in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And they also described it as, like, a relatively nice area. Okay. It's not, like, a sketchy, like, outskirts of We're town. to put the piece like, of shit
1: people out there. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was
0: something, I think her, I think it was her mom who said it's an area that you wouldn't expect, like, anything bad to happen there. Yeah. A nice neighborhood. Yeah. So, it was, it was okay. Um, but it was just on the outskirts of town, so it was a little bit further away. Yeah. But Josh was apparently going through a divorce at this time and his house was in foreclosure. Do we know how old Josh is? They don't say. And I guess I maybe could have, considering his name is out there now, um, it's okay. I maybe could have found out. But I, all I know is that everyone said he was older okay. than her. Okay. He so it's like she's 18. He's she's going 18, through a divorce he's, and
1: foreclosure. She's older. That's so serious. he's probably like,
0: if I had to guess, maybe like mid 20s. Yeah. I was early to mid to 20s. Yeah. Um. So. He was going through a divorce. The house was in foreclosure, so there was no electricity or running water in the house. Oh, well, don't
1: take somebody there.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of what people speculate. They're like, first of all, like, why would you take? Why would you take someone? Why would there? you host someone? Hey, do you want to come
1: over? I have to light a candle though, and we got to go out to the well and scoop out a cup of water. If yeah, you'd like. like it's
0: just <laughs> not a place that you no. can feasibly host somebody. No, you know, and. Of course. Like, we just had a discussion about some red flags and stuff like that. <laughs> I red flags. I think Brooke also saw this as a little bit of a red flag. Like, why would he bring me here when, like, we can't... This is, it just doesn't seem... It's not enjoyable. Yeah. Like, yeah, this doesn't seem like this is going to be yeah. a good time Especially or whatever. Especially like,
1: you're going with this person thinking you're going to get a, dr- like, a ride and you're not going... With this person on the intention of like, oh maybe we'll hook up. Like I like him. Like doo ba doo ba doo. Yeah. It kind of like, just sounds like she just needed like a ride. Home. A ride, and we Not don't like a
0: date. And we don't know what was said in this car. Like, did she ask to go home? And he was like, no, 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 just come just over for a, a bit. Gotta like, make a stop. Yeah, or we have to stop at my place for something. Or like, we don't. We have no idea mm-hmm. why they went there. Yeah. but it does seem like she. Went there semi-willingly, as far as whether she was like just a struggle like struggle was put up, yeah. Like yeah, as far as like she was like, we'll just hang out or something. Like it doesn't seem like he just like forced her to go there, and and I'll explain why. Okay. So Brooke calls her sister Paige at like ra- I can't remember. It's probably around like but it's before four AM at this point. Okay. But I don't have a specific a specific time for this call. But she calls her younger sister Paige and she says like the situation is a little bit awkward. Like Paige says at this point, she didn't necessarily seem scared or anything. It, she just said it was a bit awkward and uncomfortable. And I think it's also in relation to, like, this is my ex-boyfriend's friend, so maybe that yeah. connection, and he's going through a divorce, or yeah. whatever. So, she just said, um, could someone come and pick me up? And Paige said, well, Heather's been drinking, like, their mm. cousin. She's yeah. like, she's drunk, so she can't drive. And Paige was like, I can't drive, because she didn't drive pass her driver's test earlier that day, yeah. right? So, she said, do you want me to, like, get somebody... Do you want me to call somebody else to get you, or do you want me to wait up mom. And Brooke said, No, like don't don't bother. I'll just I'll text Jared and see if he can come and pick me up. So that's what I mean as far as like it They're, seems like she he didn't force her to go there because she would have told Paige that at this point on the phone. So she, she would have said wake up mom. Yeah. And if it was really dire and she was really uncomfortable, she would have said wake up mom and get yeah. her to come get me. So that's why Paige was like at that point in the night. She obviously, it didn't, things weren't that awry, or she obviously didn't see anything extremely wrong. She was just felt awkward and probably just wanted to go home. Just, like, not that great a night, yeah. Yeah, so she was like, don't worry, I'll text Jared. So, um, she, so around 4 a.m., Brooke texts Jared to see if he can come and get her. Jared was working at, so he wasn't at the party that night, he was working in a factory, and he finished his shift around 6 or 6.30 every morning, Um, and he, but he says, like, will you be okay there until then, and she says yes. Okay. He then... Until
1: 6 or 6.30.
0: Yeah, because okay. he's like, I can come and get you when I'm done work, but the, again, this is at 4 in the morning, so it's going to be another 2, 2.5 hours at this point. He's like, will you be okay there until then? And she says yes, and he says, are you? Like, are you okay? And she says, yeah, I'm fine. She says, you know, um, like, I've been drinking a bit, but, like, I'm pretty much sobered up by now. So, and that was something I heard in the episode of Still a Mystery. I didn't necessarily hear that t- detail anywhere else as far as he was passed out in the bedroom. Um, Again, it's going to be a bit piecemeal yeah, as far as, like, it is. Yeah. he said, she said, and wh- how we, what we can discern from the text messages. But that's basically, again, at this point, he was like, are you okay? She's like, I'm fine. I just kind of want to go home.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: At 4.26 a.m., Jared receives a text from Brooke saying, can you hurry? With two question marks. Then another text right after that says, please hurry. And then
1: a third text that says, I'm scared. Okay. So, at this point, she's scared. When was the previous conversation? It was still within 4 a.m. She
0: she texted him around 4. So, this is at 4.26. So, just like 20 minutes. 20, 25 minutes later, she says, please hurry. I'm scared. Um, But Jared's at work. Of yeah. course. So he doesn't see these right away. Yeah. And when he does go to check his phone towards the end of his shift, he sees a string of text messages. Like he said, he sees the first string of text messages, but then they're followed by another couple of messages that came in around 5:30, so about an hour later. Okay. And they say, "Never mind, I'm okay." And then there's another one that says, "I'm going to a party in Rockcastle County." Like, implying that he, he doesn't need to come and pick her up anymore. So, I guess he responds and he asks her, like, who are you going to the party with? But she never, she never responded. Okay. Also, it's 5 a.m. She's not going to a party. There's no way. Of of course. Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. So, yeah. Brooke was supposed to attend a car show at 9 a.m. like that morning with oh, her man. friend Matt. Okay. But she doesn't show up. Okay. So Matt calls Brooke's sister, Paige. There was also, I had heard, I think in the podcast, um, Tasha had said that in the phone call that Brooke and Paige had, they were she was like, do you want me to wake up mom? And she was like, no, don't worry about it. I'll get Jared to come and get me. Just lock the door, but be aware that like, I'll be knocking. So like when I, when I knock to wake you be up, alert. like, yeah, come and, in. come and let me in kind of thing. So now they're waking up. And I mean, like Paige is, you know in high school so she's probably not even awake at 9 a.m yeah um like i wasn't when i yeah. was in high school sleeping until like fucking 1 p.m oh yeah so like matt calls Paige and he's like so brooke isn't here and then Paige realizes that brooke never came home because she never knocked on the door or anything like yeah. that and he's like yeah i'm calling her i can't i can't get a hold of her so her family starts calling her and at this point they're kind of getting worried because they're like she didn't come home last night. Now she didn't show up to the car show. Like this really isn't like her. Um, her, yeah, her mom was saying like, she was the kind of person who would text me all the time and be like, I'm, I'm here. And then I'm going to go here after. And then would text her and be like, so I'm here now. And then like, I'm going to be here for about this long. And then I'm going to go, like, she just always checked in all the time. Yeah. So her mom was like, this was really bizarre. She never, She had never done anything like this before, but at the same time, they didn't want to get too worried because they're like, well, what if like, yeah, what if she stayed at somebody else's house and she just went to sleep and then her phone died and like, she slept in overslept and like, you just, they didn't, they didn't want to get too worried at this point, but they were definitely worried. They were like, we want to find her. Yeah. So, um, her family, yeah, her family was wondering like, had she crashed at somebody else's house? So especially around like mid-afternoon, they've called a lot of her friends. No one knows where she is. So like they're starting to get really worried at this point. Okay. Her family contacts Jared at some point and then he tells them about the text messages saying that. And
1: now they're super worried.
0: Saying that she was scared, but then all of a sudden he was like, then she said she was fine and she was going to a party in Rockcastle County. And her family's like, that this is weird they're this like is... why would she be heading to a party like 20 miles away at yeah. five thirty in the morning yeah no with it's... no vehicle to get there like how would she get there no. who would be picking her up to take her to this party and she had never mentioned anything to her sisters no about going to a party in Rock no Castle she explicitly County. said
1: like i'll be coming home at some point just be alert like
0: yeah so brooke's sister Paige remembers josh at the party like she remembers, like, when Brooke called her and was like, I'm at Josh's house, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Like, she knew who this guy was. Or she at least remembered seeing him at the party. So, and she's, yeah, she did say he was a lot older than everybody else there. So I don't know what hmm. that means. But she she did say he was a lot older. Okay. So Brooke's sister Tasha says, like, to Paige, could you, do you think we could find a phone number for this guy? So Paige calls around and one of Brooke's friends gives them the phone number. They had his phone number. So Tasha calls him and says you know, do you know where, like, where Brooke is? And, like, or was she with you? And he said that she was with him last night, mm-hmm. um, but he doesn't know where she is now. She asks him, like, how do you even know my sister? And he's, like, well, I'm friends with her ex-boyfriend, Jared. And she's, like, okay, we've just never, like, we've just never heard of you. Mm-hmm. And she dated Jared for three years. So he said, well, I overheard Brooke talking about a party in Rockcastle County that she was going to. So, like, I figured that's where she went. And he told Tasha that he felt a bit uncomfortable with Brooke being there because she was Jared's ex-girlfriend. hmm So he left the house to go and check on, like, his horses. And when he came back, she was gone. No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So she... So Tasha says, okay, well... If you hear anything from her or if she comes back or anything, like, we're, we're looking for her. And yeah. she said, if we don't find her soon, we're going to be probably contacting the police. Yeah. And then they hung up. Then he calls her back, like, 15 or so minutes later. And he says, um, well, I'm really nervous. I'm really, I'm, I'm kind of scared. And she was like, why? And he said, well, all of Brooke's stuff is still here. And she said, like, first of all, when she started talking about this, she said that her sister was, like, really protective of her things. She said she could maybe see her leaving an overnight bag with clothes somewhere, but not her purse. Yeah. she was like Tasha says Brooke would come over at like to Tasha's house and she would li- like literally carry her purse from room to room with her she ne- like she was just always so aware of her belongings, like belongings. and yeah. like especially important things like that I would assume have your wallet and your like keys wallet, and keys, maybe phone and everything or something, like in there charger. yeah she was like she would never leave her purse somewhere so Tasha's asking him like what what did she leave there because yeah. I think she's wondering like how worried should I be about this now? Yeah. Is her um, phone
1: in there? Like, yeah. Everything? Can you
0: look through? Can you see if her phone is in there? Cause then like, that might be why she's not answering us and everything. Um, and he said, no, I, I can't like, I'm looking at it through a hole in my window. And she's like, what and do what you, the fuck? what do you mean? And he says, I don't know if like Brooke did it or maybe she like dropped her cigarette when she was on the couch or something. But when I came back from tending to the horses, my house was on fire. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is bizarre. Okay. Uh, Okay. So, according to records, at 7 a.m. in the morning on June 22nd, Josh called 911 to report a fire in his living
1: room. Was this before he's been contacted by...
0: No, because they wouldn't have known that Brooke was missing until around 9 or 10 a.m. when her friend called Paige. So, so records show that he called at 7 a.m., so Tasha's thinking like her family had speculated. They're like, why wouldn't he have said this the first time Tasha yeah. called him? Hey, because this the way, would have house been... is on
1: fire this morning
0: and your sister was here for a little bit. Yeah, like why call her back and then say but he made it sound like, oh, he had been outside and then he was looking through the window and then realized that her stuff was there and then called her back and was like, I'm nervous. It's your own her house. Her stuff inside is here. I don't know. I have no idea. Um so so, basically, yeah, the fire department was called at 7 a.m. They arrived to find the couch in his living room completely burned down. There was some... the There was some damage on the floor, of course. Yeah. And there was a lot of smoke damage. But really, it was, like, mostly this couch that was on fire. Okay. And it was burned all the way down to the metal frame.
1: Okay. So... Okay. Yeah. All right. Strange. Did they test these ashes, like, forensically at all?
0: I don't know. Okay. I don't know if there would be much that they could test. Okay. We'll get to some theories. Okay. We'll, yeah. So, Brooke's family, um, as well as us, I'm assuming, are all wondering why... Why he didn't mention this the Why first being time so she called. Cagey, like. The police are also very suspicious, yeah. naturally. Um Brooke's family did wait, like they did have to wait the 24 hours before they could report Brooke missing. Right. Um, so the next day, on June 23rd, after reporting her missing, Brooks' family drives to Josh's house where she was last seen, and the police are already there and it's already cautioned off as a crime scene. Good. So they find Brooks' overnight bag there. And her cowboy boots,
1: which she was wearing. Yeah,
0: no. That night. Yeah, no. So they're like, okay, so she, what? She was just going to wander barefoot. out barefoot or in socks in the middle of the night? Yeah, to another party in Rockcastle. Just doesn't add no. up. No. Right? So, yeah, the only thing that wasn't found was her cell phone. So they did not find her phone. Um, and according to Josh, the last time he saw her was on his couch smoking a cigarette. Um But again, the only thing that really caught fire was the couch. Okay. So I get what he, like, I get what he's trying to imply. He's trying to imply, like, I went out to tend to my horses. She was smoking a cigarette. She looked tired or whatever. So, like, she probably just dropped it on my couch. It lit on fire. She got nervous and just ran out without her shoes because she was scared that she lit my house on fire. And when I came back, sure, I guess. But at the same time... The timeline doesn't really add up for me as far as he called the fire department at 7am. So that would imply that he maybe left his house at like 6, tended to the horses, came back an hour later, she was gone and the house was on fire. Like she called, she texted Jared at 426 saying she was scared. scared. Then texted him at five thirty. Said she was leaving to go to a party.
1: So she would have been. So she'd been gone, gone already. If like that I doubt was. that
0: if the if she had lit the couch on fire and Josh was gone for like three or four hours before he yeah. came back, the whole house would have been burnt down.
1: Yeah. Like you can't. Like it would have just spread everywhere. Because he wouldn't have been able to contain it. Yeah. And the
0: fact that only the couch was burned to me tells me that he called the fire department pretty quickly after it yeah. got lit on fire. Yeah. Because it was so contained to just that couch. So, yeah, none of this adds up to me. This guy is hugely suspicious. Oh, God, yeah. Of course. But, um, so police try to locate Brooke's cell phone by tracking, like, which cell towers it's pinging off of. Um, Tasha says that the phone, for, like, the next two to three days after Brooke went missing, when they called it, the phone would ring. So it was on. Um, on, but on June 25th, so this is three days after Brooke was missing, It goes dead, and the last cell tower that it pinged off of was in Blue Lick. So, this is where I said there's a Blue Lick that comes in here. Um, (laughs) so it's, I googled it as far as like going from Berea, like the center of the town of Berea, to Blue, the Blue Lick area. It says it's a little over 30 miles away, about a 45 minute drive. But from everyone's account, like the people that actually live in this area, which I don't know the area, like. Brooks' family and the police officers and stuff say that from where Josh lived. Yeah. Blue Lake is not very far. Okay. So what where they were saying he was living on the outskirts of town like maybe he was just closer to that area because they do say that basically where he lived there's this like massive like thousands and thousands of acres of like forested land and terrain and like bodies of water and all the stuff. So I think Blue Lick is kind of amongst that. Okay. So after the phone went dead, they they couldn't ping it off anymore cell towers. So that's the last sort of known location of the phone. They pulled her cell records and they found hundreds of incoming calls and texts from family and friends looking for her, but there was nothing outgoing after the five thirty text to Jared. Okay. So that was the last text she ever sent or yeah. last thing she ever did outgoing on her phone. So police started searching the woods around the house immediately. Like I said, uh, they, there were several thousand acres. So I think they said 16,000 acres of forest and like super rugged terrain. Yeah. Um, and this does include the, in some part of it, the three mile radius around the blue lick cell tower that they were, they wanted to search as well. Tasha says they brought in like, Like, the state police came in. They brought in cadaver dogs, divers, like, everything. She said that the search was really difficult. And they searched thousands of miles for her. But the terrain is just, like, really treacherous. It's really dense in some parts. There's cliffs, like, sinkholes, rocky terrain, mountains. Like, she's like, it's just not... It's not an easy place to search. Um, There's almost no flatland at all. So, it sounds like they really did their best to do a thorough search mm-hmm. um and this isn't the only search that they've that they do but it's just a difficult area yeah. to sift through yeah jared is brought in for questioning but his alibi is airtight of course because he was at the factory and like yeah. i'm assuming seen by dozens of people that can like verify maybe clocked verify this. at a certain time yeah. and
1: everything yeah
0: um the um josh is brought in for questioning of course and apparently he's brought in on multiple occasions um The police questioned almost every single person who was at the party that night, but they can't, they don't have enough evidence to name anyone a suspect.
1: Okay.
0: I don't know exactly the parameters as far as being able to name someone a suspect or name someone a person of interest. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, what you have to have
1: against them to, like... Yeah,
0: because it does surprise me that they can't name Josh at least a person of interest. It surprises me, too. Like... I I don't... I don't know. Like, to me, the evidence is that, like, her stuff is there. Her stuff... Her shoes are there. Like, so we know for a fact that she was there. She had phone calls with family and texts and stuff telling people she was there. Yeah. He confirmed she was there. So... If you're the last person to have seen her alive, I feel like that automatically makes you a person of interest. Yeah. I don't know. But they said they just didn't have enough to name anyone a suspect. Um, mm -mm. I think I kind of went over this. Just what Josh said to the police was what I already went through. That last time I saw her, she was on the couch smoking a cigarette. He went out to tend to his horses. He came back and... The, the couch was on fire, and he assumed that she just, like, got nervous and ran. He maintains that, like, he knows nothing about her disappearance or where she went. Um,
1: Like, I don't believe you. No, I don't, oh, I don't either. I definitely don't believe him. Yeah. It's, and, like, yeah. E- even if, okay, like, let's say hypothetically that's true and she ran, the, it would be quite easy to... <laughs> to comb the area and go okay from this time to this time she would only be able to on foot get this far we're searching this area they would have found her of of
0: course and also her mom points out that again this wasn't like a little house in the middle of nowhere there was other houses around and her mom says that her Uh, Brooks' old Sunday school teacher lived right across the street. She would have just gone and knocked on their neighbors. So she's like, if she was in trouble and she had to run out out without her shoes on, she could have run directly across the street and knocked on their door and they would have let her inside and, like, used their phone and, like, protected her. Yeah. So... That's that's another thing that people are like, why would she just run out without her shoes and, like, not yeah. try to seek out help or anything that doesn't sound like her? She's smarter than that. Yeah, she would have called 911 herself. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah she her phone wasn't found. so Obviously, she still had her phone on yeah. her, right? So not, none of this adds up. No. Um, since... So there was a speculation. Some people speculate about... In the show, they talked about how since 2005... Over a dozen women with blonde hair have gone missing in the Heartland area. So some Hmm. do speculate that or have speculated for a while that there's some sort of, like, sex trafficking ring. Okay. That, like, women are getting kidnapped to be, like put into so that's something as far as like i think just the victimology type that they all look very similar yeah. they're all white women with blonde hair and a lot of them have gone missing since 2005 over a dozen which is like from 2005 to 2013 that's eight years yeah so that's quite There's quite a few especially for like i think an area where it's just like a like lot a of small towns right but again no one knows for sure this is just speculation um her family does not believe that Brooke sent those last two text messages to Jared. I don't, I don't think anybody believes that she sent those messages. Yeah. They just they believe whoever took her or hurt her sent those messages. Brooke doesn't know anyone in Rockcastle County, um, had never mentioned anything prior about a party. No. The story didn't add up. Since then, investigators have made huge efforts to find out if there even was a party going on in Rockcastle County that night. Yeah. And they haven't found any evidence that there was. <laughs> Um, and they do not believe the man's story about Brooke just disappearing while he was out with the horses. No. Her family it's... doesn't believe that. Again, no. I wouldn't either. Um, they also have found out since that this man, that Josh, he works in road maintenance and therefore would know the backwoods and terrain of the area very well. Yeah. And Brooke's family feels like he would know how to hide a body if he had to. If he had to, Yeah. That's just their speculation. Again, we don't know anything for sure, but hmm. it definitely feels very suspicious. Very, yeah. It- um Brooke's sister Tasha says that as far as she knows, like every time the police have wanted to talk to Josh, he's come willingly and answered their questions and which we you know sometimes like
1: killers will do that.
0: Especially if you feel like you've like
1: covered you've your tracks. Covered, well. Yeah,
0: you've covered yourself well that you're like whatever, I'll answer your questions as if I'm innocent. I don't think that. Yeah, I don't think that determines anything. Yeah. Um, But yeah, the police don't have anything, any evidence against him. Um, And the case eventually does go cold. Um, Investigators do continue to receive tips, but they don't, they don't have enough evidence to even like name a person of interest. Like I said, in this case, in Mm -hmm. regards to the fire, um, police have said they can't, they can't release too much information about it because again, similar to the Abby and Libby case, they're trying to hold back. Some significant details for like hopefully a future trial. To, yeah, exactly. If, when they are able to find who did this. Um, so they're like, we can't release too much, but we did have like an arson investigator come and look at the fire. Yeah. And we are in continual contact with them in regards to this case. Um, the police are still receiving tips and they do continue to conduct searches in that area based on those tips. So, like I said, it wasn't just one search that they did, they've done multiple searches. Okay her family says that they still go out and continue to search for her. So they keep track of the areas that they've searched and they pick a a small sort of parameter and then they search that area really, really well. And then they move on to the next. And she's like, at this point, I think this podcast where she was talking aired maybe in like maybe 2019 or something like that. So I think it's like four or five years after she had gone missing or six or something. Um, And she had said they had maybe... Like super thoroughly searched, like half of it.
1: Okay, half she's is better than like, yeah, nine. and yeah. she's
0: just like it's just manpower. She's like we would need like hundreds, hundreds, of and hundreds, well trained people. like people, like experts who know what they're looking for to search this area, and it would probably with hundreds of people take us like a month to do it. That's yeah. how big and vast and treacherous this area is. Yeah, so they're still doing their Everything part they because yeah. they believe they I think they believe that she is there somewhere and that's the most logical it, place it's not to a be crazy looking for her to have, it's yeah. obviously possible that she's somewhere else it's obviously still possible that she's alive somewhere I mean we hear these things happen but it's they just do. her family said that it's easier for them to believe that she's dead yeah because they don't want to think about her being kept like somewhere and, or yeah. being held somewhere. Captive, yeah. And I get that. Like, trust me, I do. I I totally get it. And I do think that yeah. her body probably is there in those woods somewhere. Somewhere. I agree with them. I understand why they keep looking because they just want to find it. Yeah. And it's going to be so much easier for the police to, to conduct a, an investigation, a thorough investigation if they yeah. have a body. Yeah. Or they have remains. So they're still looking. For her. And um, so there is a $14,000 reward for information leading to Brooks location or an arrest and conviction of okay. those responsible. Um, and her family maintains a Facebook page and a website. So the Facebook page, and we'll post this in the show notes, of course, yep. is www.facebook.com slash missing Brooklyn Farthing. And the website is www.findbrookfarthing.com. So again, we'll share those. And um, they're still hoping someone will come forward with new information. If you're listening to this and you're from Kentucky and you're from the area and... I'm sure this case sounds familiar to you because I'm sure you've heard about it. There were billboards that they put yeah. up about her and everything. And please contact us with information. And, and again, loads of fundraisers they they've done to raise this $14,000. Like her family yeah. has raised that most of that money themselves. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure you've heard about it, but if anybody has any information please contact the kentucky state police and there are links on these websites and facebook
1: pages that her family maintains directly get in contact
0: yeah to um, contact the police there's also an email i think on the website that you can contact the family with information but it's one of these things where a lot of these cases do go cold because there aren't any new leads. There isn't any new evidence. Yeah. But as soon as there is new evidence or there's a new witness, like, the police say, like, p- there are people that come forward that are like, well, I saw this car on this road at that, like, time of night. And maybe it says things and come sometimes up. it's nothing. They're like, sometimes it doesn't lead to anything, yeah. but it's still good for and people to reflect. Paint the full picture. And, and yeah. if you feel like you know anything, even if it doesn't seem important, it might be important. And they're still very much actively investigating this case when they have new leads of course if they don't have anything it's hard like there's not much more they can go on at this point but we see it happen all the time where some some new lead some new witness comes forward some new information or a piece of evidence and things get
1: ramped back up again and the case gets solved and i truly believe that's what's going to happen for brooke i do too yeah it's just a matter of like persistence and not giving up like it's just it's going to be solved
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I feel like we already know what happened though.
0: <laughs> yeah. So on August 5th,
1: 2020.
0: Okay. Um, Josh was arrested on charges related to child pornography and child sexual exploitation. Mm. This is what I meant about how, like, then I got to this point and saw that. Because that's the most recent update in the case at all. Oh, and I yeah, was like, I'm going to say his name. Yeah. That, was the, that was the moment where I was like, fuck this guy. Yeah, fuck Like, him. up until this point, I was just like, I don't know if he did it. Like, I don't want to, you know. And now I'm just like, yeah, this doesn't mean that you did it. But it means that you're a piece of shit anyways. Either way,
1: you're there's something about like, you. Like, you're disgusting.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, t- yeah. No, so, that's, Yeah. So he was arrested. I think it was like a bit of a sting operation thing. Like I think it was like where police go undercover and like some of these oh. chat rooms and stuff, and they were sharing like I love how gross they do that. Photo and, and, like, like, yeah. yeah. and, and, and then like yeah, and then they nail him. like yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. so they ca- they arrested him as well as I think a few others. Um, but that's that's the last update hmm. in anything related to her case.
1: Uh, I don't even know what to say. That was wild. Yeah, I really hope that gets. Solved. Like, I hope some new information comes out soon.
0: I know. For her family, like, like just for them to just not have, have answers. Yeah, like, you, they just don't have any closure. Yeah. And that you feel like you can't rest until yeah. either you find her or you find her remains or you find out what happened. Just yeah. all of these question marks. And all of this conclusion. sort of, all these gaps in timelines where, and the thing is, is that like, As far as some cases that we've seen, like, this case has a pretty tight timeline. Yeah. Um, You have, like, timestamp text messages and phone calls. Yeah. From, you know, like, you have people... You have witnesses saying she left at 2 a.m. You have a phone call, you know, somewhere, like I said, with her sister, would have been somewhere around, like, 3.30, maybe, or 3, or whenever they got to his place. Because there was another guy that was with them that can affirm that timeline. Yeah. Then you have a text message to Jared at 4... Then you have another, then you have more text messages at 426. Then you have 530 text messages. Yeah. And then the 9 7 a.m. The 7 a.m. call exactly to yeah. for the fire department. And then 9 a.m. she doesn't show up to her friend. So it's like, you actually have a pretty tight timeline where a lot of these gaps are filled in, but it's the gaps that aren't, of course, leave all the questions. Yeah. What happened in that time? And who was there? Was there somebody else that showed up? Yeah, like, like these are things we don't know. We have no idea. And so I just think that these are probably questions that her family asks themselves all the time and are thinking about all the time. And it's the the stuff that will drive you crazy. Yeah. Thinking about it, all the different possibilities. So I really hope that it does
1: get solved. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think with just, like, raising the awareness about it, like, that's usually what helps is, like, bringing it to Mm -hmm. the forefront of people's attention and going from there then
0: again letting people know like there was even a post on their facebook page
1: where they were like we've seen some things online and
0: i don't know i don't know what it is um about like the police and whatnot and her family wanted to reaffirm that like the police are still actively investigating this and that the her family feels like the police are doing a good job good job as far as like when they get tips when they do come in as infrequent as they are they follow up on them so they're like please don't like assume that this case isn't being investigated or if you call in a tip and you don't yeah. feel like it was followed up on it doesn't mean that the police aren't doing their jobs it just means that they have yeah. to decide what is relevant and what's not exactly and they are we like the family's like we know for a fact that the police are still searching that yeah. they're still doing things so um i think it's easy to get hard up on cops especially with cold cases is, and stuff yeah, where you're you, like you're not you doing anything to blame. but again if there's not much
1: else they can go on they have to solve <sighs> the other cases and then just wait for more information to come in yeah, yeah yeah for sure yeah
0: so fingers crossed that there is some new updates with this case and if How any of can... you hear about anything let us know yeah because i'm gonna i'm I'm gonna be continuing to follow it and and pre- periodically check in on if there's updates or anything because yeah. yeah like i said it the there's no reason why this case can't be solved no i agree or any of these missing persons cases yeah so we need closure yeah yeah absolutely
1: yeah that's yeah that was crazy yeah it's fucking crazy like yeah it was also
0: something that like when i listened to the vanish podcast the host of it and now i can't remember her name because this is the first time i've listened to it um but she was saying at the beginning of the episode she was like it makes me realize how um like lucky i was as a young person to to not end up in a situation like this. How lucky I was that, like, I legitimately survived. Yeah. Yeah, And we've talked about this before, where it's, like, this situation that I just talked about. Yeah. Like, I've somewhat been in a situation like that before. Not in, like, a house with no electricity and, like, that I'm scared of it, but it's, like, easily could have been caught in a situation like this. Especially where, like, we grew up in London, which is a bigger city, but especially if you live in a small town and you know everybody. Yeah. I mean... (laughs) I, I was a pretty trusting person yeah. back then. Oh yeah, and and we've talked about this many times before. So many times, it's like, man, that situation could have gone so bad, and it didn't. And I'm yeah. just lucky that it didn't. Yeah,
1: and that's it. It's like I'm it just comes down to and, under luck.
0: and she was unlucky. Yeah, and so it really like made me think about it at the beginning of that podcast. She was saying like it just made me realize how lucky I am that I that I didn't get unlucky. Yeah. You know? No,
1: that's a really, like, good way of putting it because that's really what it is because it's it's nobody's fault when they just vanish.
0: No, absolutely. And, again, like, Like, there's so many people that I know are probably going to listen to episodes like this and be like, why would she go there? Why would she go with this guy? Why would she stay there? Why wouldn't she say, yes, wake up, mom? And, like, that, whether you realize it or not, it is victim blaming and it's not her fault. It's not. It is not her fault that someone made a terrible decision yeah. to hurt her. She
1: judged the immediate circumstances, made a judgment call. It is not any blame at all. No, like,
0: because like I said, it could have been me. It could have been you.
1: Yeah. Could have been any one of us. I, and for for all we know, I mean, I don't think this, but for all we know, this Josh guy is innocent and somebody did come. Exactly. And he really was outside. We don't know these things. Like, so we can't always just jump to our own conclusions nope. and we definitely can't blame the person that is now voiceless and can't defend themselves. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I hope she I hope her family finds resolution and justice for for whatever happened to Brooke.
1: Yeah. Some kind of closure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, on that note, sign up to be super cool. Join our cult of extremely awesome people who love true crime at www.patreon.com slash how to not get killed.
0: And if you ever want to chat and connect with us about cases, you can send us an email to killed at gmail.com. Or you can DM us or comment on our posts on Instagram at killed. And you can follow us on Twitter at H2NGK. You can also check out our website and shop our merch at www.howtonotgetkilled.com.
1: Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, keep it sleazy. See ya. Bye.